Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast. With Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. everyone welcome to the diversity on a hill podcast oh that's not the energy that we have today well i mean it kind of is i'm a little yeah all right well so we're gonna (laughs) allow you behind the curtain here for a second first of all i'm pastor jonathan or pj and pastor curcio uh you normally use pastor k or not really sure yet trying to let you guys decide yeah you let us know yeah yeah i gotta give a shout out to those who've been reaching out to us at diversity with the c on a hill uh, d- at gmail.com. Oh, someone uh, reached out to us. Yes. Tell me about it. Oh, uh, it was great. They were just uh, thanking us for uh, having the courage to have these difficult conversations. So I don't want to say their name because I didn't ask them for permission to do okay. so. That's, that's um, fair. But shout out to her. I'll at least give oh, the gender. All right, sweet. Well, and today's going to take some courage, by the way. Like I said, we're going to allow you behind the scenes a little bit. This is going to be episode four. More than likely. More than likely. We have another episode that was already episode four that we had already said was going to be episode four, but some things have happened in the last couple days that we feel like we want to talk about immediately kind of in the, in the moment, just to kind of get a little bit of the raw, raw emotion of it. Sure. And look, we're processing this as we speak and this is kind of uncut. You know, we, we talk about the fact that we're uncut. Uh, obviously, when, when we edit it, we try our best to really not touch the recording at all. And you get all of the oohs and ahs and he's and who's and Ooh. all that all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, we are acknowledging the fact that a lot of people are in pain. Uh, yeah. Many of us are mourning right now. And uh, we just want you to remember our rules, our rules of engagement. Right. And we are going to have... Uh, what could be a interesting heated conversation. We were talking a little bit beforehand and I said, we got to stop because we just got to put this on tape uh, because it's, it's real emotions and it's real things we're dealing with and real confusion. Uh, but we're going to gather our thoughts just for a second. So here's a little musical interlude for you. Once again, welcome to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. Where are we at, Curcio? All right. Well, we're going to be talking about Jacob Blake today. Oh, okay. I don't so, even know what we're going to title this episode, but we'll see uh, when we get there. But the idea is, look, some of you may hear something that you don't want to hear. Because like I said earlier, uh, we're processing this uh, right now and you're getting our raw emotions. And um, we just, again, want to say... Thank you in advance for demonstrating your patience uh, with us and um, your Christ-like character that we are also going to try to display um, live for you right now. Yeah. So, so go ahead, Johnny. Hit me. All right. So here it is. Once again, we are talking about the shooting of Jacob Blake that happened Sunday evening. Um, I think that was August 23rd. By now, many of you have probably seen the video. Right now, we're dealing with some NBA and some sports uh, up in the air because some people have decided that they were going to to walk out. Uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks were the first team to do it. And yep. They are from Wisconsin, and they they walked out and didn't play their playoff game as a response to this. And so we felt like that we need we needed to talk about this. And many of you, like I said, have already seen the video of Jacob Blake being shot seven times in the back. Um. And so we just kind of, we're, we want to process this together. And so me and Curcio, we were talking about this, and, and we started by watching the video. And we need you to know that the video is, is disturbing. 
it's very <laughs> disturbing. Right. And the truth is, it it is also limited and lacking. It is, and and that's that's the that is the problem with a lot of these videos is that we don't always have the whole context, we don't always have the whole picture. But regardless of the whole picture we have, the picture that we do have, hopefully we can all agree is tragic. Absolutely, no I, question. I think that's where we need to start. Oh yeah, I mean, anytime somebody gets shot, I mean that is tragic. I mean, regardless of the outcome, like I, I said off off recording or offline off air whatever you term you want to use uh that you know as an optimist i i try to find the silver lining and then i was like hey at least he's not dead right but then i said as the the, the curcio buzz killer he's partially paralyzed and he's been shot seven times exactly so and we don't know what he's gonna have to live with right so again it's it's not one of those it's still tragic Regardless of how we look at it, regardless of how we treat it, it, this situation is extremely tragic. And again, we're sports guys, so we uh, see what's happening in the sports world and you see Doc Rivers in tears and you see Mm -hmm. these other athletes um, that are also choosing not to play. Osaka says she's not playing in the next tennis um, match as well. So, you know, there's a lot going on. And and we talked about this before, right? And I think it was in our protests um episode where it's like you know we were we kind of saw not fully eye to eye with the whole concept of peaceful protest versus mm-hmm. um the voice of the unheard being displayed in riots and and what have you and um i think you and i had different views uh even when we were talking about this just now where it was like look you're right this is not going to change overnight mm-hmm. like if you're trying to to change directions of a barge it's not going to turn as fast as a speedboat will. Right. And change, especially something that's been going on, as we heard earlier today, for 400 years plus, 400 plus years, mm-hmm. it's not going to change overnight. You know, kneeling during an anthem, uh, wearing shirts that say that Black Lives Matter, like these things are not going to cause the change that we want to see immediately. And we live in a microwave society right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we want things to happen quickly. And um, the truth is, that's not what happens when you're trying to um, to get systemic change. Yeah. And I do believe some of those things are, are good and the steps are, are well intentioned. And even even the protests that that take to the streets, uh, I think, are, are, are things that we need to be doing. Uh, but right now, I really kind of want to concentrate more on, on kind of our raw feelings about about this shooting. Sure. Um, I, I do want to say that sometimes in these conversations, we go a little too quickly. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. That's that fair. There is a whole group of people who are mourning. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, as Christians, we should be part of that group of people. I think Scripture is clear that says we should rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And right now there is a whole a whole segment of society that is mourning because a another video has arisen of another black man being either shot or killed or some abused on, on a certain level. Yeah, and, and, and let me also highlight, you know, on a lower scale, if you will, um, there's also that sector that is mourning the fact that another police officer or two are losing their jobs right now, or they're not losing their jobs, but at least they're being, being put on administrative leave because of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, here we go. Another black eye for the police department when not every police officer is bad. Mm. Right. But here we go. We're highlighting this once again. And that hurts those who are in service or have been in service and had partners and colleagues that were good officers. That's very nice of you to bring up. I, I think there will be a lot of people who don't like the fact that you're bringing that up, to be honest with you, because they're saying, well, there's a reason they're on administrative leave. There's a reason uh, we have serious problems with the police force right now. Yeah, I'm not saying I do. I'm saying there are people who are saying that. And so we need to... Uh, something I was thinking about last night mm-hmm. when I was 
watching this video and hearing the different reactions from people, right? The, right. the either whether it's a uh, knee-jerk defensive reaction or an, a knee-jerk, you know, everyone's this is the well. Anyways, I, I wanted when I'm thinking about that, I, I wanted people to think, what if that was your brother, your actual blood brother, or your closest friend in that video that was uh doing the shooting or being shot yeah okay <laughs> both, at first right? i thought well at first I, I was you know i was making arguments in my own head on both sides and i was telling curcio be, before this happened is i feel like i have a curse that i see both sides i try to see both sides and it's a conflict inside of me at all times mm -hmm. which it gets me in trouble in a lot of times, so I have to be careful the way I present things. Okay. But when I was thinking about this, at first I thought, what if that was your brother being shot? And where this stemmed from is I was reading some comments on the story mm -hmm. where there seemed to be no sympathy for this man for reasons that maybe we'll bring up later. Okay. Um, and I said, well, what if that was your best friend or your brother or your sister? Like blood brother and sister, because in reality, in Christ, we should have a lot of brothers and sisters. Right. And then I then I stopped and said, "Oh, wait a second. What if the person shooting was your best friend or your brother or sister?" Yes. And it it, it put things into a different and new light. It does. Because depending on your relationship to whoever in that video, it might change your perspective. Yes, it does. And you know, it's it's kind of that whole concept when we read the Bible. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. we want to relate to the hero of the story. Mm. Often it's not the person who's in need or the person who did the wrong. Mm -hmm. Most of the time we want to be, you know, like, um, maybe not to Jesus. Jesus is kind of the exception because we all know that we're not God, mm -hmm. even though sometimes we, we behave <laughs> like it. But anyhow, no here nor there. Uh, the point is that, you know, we, we think about, like, when you think about the story about the flood, right? We think about Noah and his family, and we we can relate with them. Like, oh, would I have gotten on the boat? Yeah, I would have gotten on the boat. No, Doug, uh, right. you know, without a doubt, because God told me to, right? Mm -hmm. But did you ever stop to think that maybe you'd be one of the people who were outside of the boat mm. that heard this this man who was considered crazy preach for 120 years, telling us how we telling them how they needed to repent and they needed to to, to get into the ark, right? Or we often see ourselves as the disciple and not the Pharisee. There you go. That's <laughs> it's it. You made it simpler, right? No, I didn't no, wanna, I didn't want to dive just in. another example. Yeah, I didn't want to dive in too deep into Noah's story, but it is relative to what's happening today. Right? We say that we're living in the last days. Everything is kind of pointing to that and it and we're entrenched in this and my question to you in all of this is you take a step back and and you take a a, a view from 50,000 feet in the air and you look down and you say, "You know what? This is a battle between good and evil." What is God asking me to do? Hmm. Now, a video like this, though, to your theory of we want to be the good guy in the story, a video like this has me asking, has people asking the question, who is the good guy in this video? That is a fantastic question. Because we don't know the whole story. Right. I will say this when I watch the video. And I, I'm conflicted because I do feel like people need to watch these videos on a certain level, but at the same time, don't need to watch these videos on a certain level. Agreed. I still haven't watched George Floyd's video. And, and the George Floyd video, I watched it, and I've watched it a, a couple times. To me, that is one of the most powerful videos um, that I have ever seen to, to give sympathy so i guess the winners are the people who are actually taking these videos <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't see what's happening so right? we'd we'd be the hero taking the well and and so we don't well well here's what i was gonna say okay. without a shadow of a doubt i believe those shots should not have been fired that's the first and foremost thing that i feel like i need to say as we continue this this story i'm with you uh, 100% they should not have been shot. I agree. Um, and as we look at the video, it it's, it's, seems pretty clear that, well, I don't know what seems pretty clear. 
No, it's it's hard because again, if if we let's let's go ahead and try to do like a play by play of this particular video, right? Because okay. there are a bunch of unknowns. And mm-hmm. and I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. We talked a little bit off off the recording. So so the idea is this. We know that there was an altercation. There was a domestic call. Now, let's let's go ahead and put this into perspective. Domestic calls, and I'm not a cop, right? So I don't know all the details, but I do know this from friends and family who have served uh, as officers. Domestic calls are the worst. Mm. Yeah, like these people are already in, if they're not in red alert, they're in orange, you know, like, mm. like they're, they're right there. It's orange. real close. I like okay? orange. <laughs> and the idea is, you know, they're ready because domestic uh, calls can go in any way, shape or form. So it's so unknown, so unpredictable. So, so already it's, it's already a high alert situation. Then they get there. And um, as the story goes, and, and Johnny, help me out with this, right? Because I'm, I may. Miss I don't some even details. know the full story. I think there's two or three stories, and that's part of this process: is that we're processing stuff. Okay, go ahead. Right. So no, you're right, and this this is the, exactly the point. So so now we get to this to the situation where. Well, let's set, let's set up the video. What does the video look like? So we have. We, in the video, we see a a black man coming around his car. Right now, before that, you, you you're trying to start with. The one that's on the opposite view, or you want to go with the one that we the original mainstream, one. the original one that okay we saw. mainstream okay good. So, what you see is a black man walking away from two white cops, one with a one weapon with out. a gun aimed at the black man. Yes. Once again, we don't really know what happened before that. I've heard stories, but you know, there's a lot of speculation. We see him walking in a way that I I interpreted as. Either confident or a little defiant. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you see that? Yeah, I mean, I saw like like whatever it was the cop was telling him, he was just ignoring it. Like he was he was done with whatever the situation was with the cop. It did not seem to me like he was walking away angrily though. Okay. Like like so it's it's kind of hard to know because we didn't see every part of the interaction. Right, and we don't hear the audio, and we see this. We see Jacob walking around the car, the cop, pretty much two feet from him, maybe mm-hmm. a foot from him, <laughs> right? with his gun out. He opens the door of the car, and as he's opening the door of the car, the cop pulls on his shirt. He's starting to pull on his shirt. Mm-hmm. We see Jacob kind of bend down, and that's when the shots ring out. That's correct. And so that's all we see, and that's all we know. We don't know what's being said. We don't know what the cop is saying. We don't know what Jacob has said, and... And I know right now people are listening, well, this is what I read, and this is what I read. Well, this and this and this. And I want us to be careful when we do these things. Yeah. Because we put these stories as the gospel mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when they're very fluid. Definitely. And very men- And there's a lot of people who have diff- differing views on this on what part of the story is important and what part of the story is not important. So the story came out that he was went there to break up a fight. Mm-hmm. Then there's another video on YouTube about the police dispatch, which doesn't indicate that's part of the story at all, that the cop was called, that the cops were called by a woman who said something about he had keys and wouldn't give them back. So, you know, th- th- it's a complicated web that we're dealing with and now how do we deal with it as people how do we open these conversations because now it seems like these fresh wounds from george floyd Mm -hmm. are being just ripped open again and they're not even closed so i don't even know how to deal with that right and again you know following again the multiple stories was that he had told he jacob had told the police officers that he had a knife in uh the passenger side of the car right so i mean there's so much going on right now that we um don't understand so we don't we shouldn't be quick to judge right and and this is a cliche and i know that we're sick and tired of hearing this because we hear it all the time where people are telling us hey don't be quick to judge and blah 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 and and then it's like well some people take advantage of that let's just be honest and call it what it, what it is and they're ruining it for those who actually have the benefit of the doubt i mean in our judicial system you're innocent until proven guilty well 
some people have taken advantage of that. And, and the point is, it's hard to extend that grace and that mercy when we see these things happening continually, but we're asking you to please be patient and let the process run its course. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there, but on another level, it's how, how can we continue to be patient when we seemingly see abuse? Ouch. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how else to put that, but at the same, I am one of those people that at the same time, I want, I want the full story. I want to know what's, what's happening. And listen, stuff has come out about Jacob Blake, that he mm-hmm. had a warrant out for his rest, for right. domestic violence, mm-hmm. uh, for this and that. So mm-hmm. we know that he wasn't a saint. No, agreed. And, but look at this. It, his family was in the car. Yes. I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to judge what he was going to do or how he was going to behave. Mm-hmm. But I know that when my family is in the car or nearby, right, I try to control myself in my behavior because I know my kids are watching. I so much want to play the devil's advocate right now. Right. So, I mean, again, I don't want to judge what he's doing because I don't know. I don't know him. And I didn't know, again, the circumstances. I mean, the other story was that he was already tased. Yeah. Before they got to this point where he got shot. Well, my argument when it comes to that point is if you reach the taser, Mm -hmm. then you should have already handcuffed the man. Okay. It would have never gotten to shooting. And and this was part of our conversation beforehand. So we're trying to we're we're, going to rekindle this, aren't we? Yes. We're going to try to recreate that. So I am looking at it from the other side here. Okay. Right. You have tased the man and it almost looked like that they had just tased him and he got up from another video because right. he was on the ground and the other video got up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had tased him and he walked away. Once again, we don't know the full story. Um, but as we see all the police conflict mm-hmm. and all the things happening, I don't know what this officer is thinking. Is he thinking, I'm going to tase him. This should be enough. I'm going to try not to put him in any holds or do anything that might make this look like a George Floyd situation. That's fair. Maybe he's trying to de-escalate it, and he's saying, hey, listen, stop. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've tased you, now stop. Control yourself. And he gets up and starts walking. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And so I'm, I'm wondering if, if, he, if at some point he was trying to control himself. Now, from a cop's perspective, I've, you know, I've tried to hear some cops' perspectives on a, on, on a certain level. By the way, quick plug here, the Normal Life podcast, their latest podcast, um, a couple friends of mine, they talked to... A, a, mine too. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, Our they're friends. New, they're yeah, new yeah. to me, but... They, you know. they have a cop who, who is black, and they're, they're asking him some things. And so that brings to light some, some, some cop uh, thoughts on, on some of this. But it's a, it's a great first episode. Yes, it is. On the, they're they're going to have three parts with this officer. But um, listen to that. But I don't know what their mentality is thinking. But I know as soon as he goes, as soon as, if I was a cop, as soon as someone goes to the car mm-hmm. and he starts bending down, it, this, was, this was kind of my thought. Yes, I feel like he should have tackled him and grabbed him and put him to the ground before that, without mm-hmm. a doubt. But I don't know if he's trying to de-escalate it before then to because of the optics yeah and, and again and this is why i said it's a hard situation right. and not in i didn't just say it we both have said it's a hard situation to really decipher but again if you went to the taser mm-hmm. the next weapon up is the gun so 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 the point is if you can go from taser to handcuffs maybe you don't get to the gun i agree 100 percent with that but I don't know what's being said to the cops. Yes, I agree. I don't know if the cops saying, I don't want another George Floyd situation. I don't right. want to have to kneel on this guy. I don't want to have to, to put him in cuffs. I want to try to de-escalate this, which is ironic because what ends up happening is even more grand than that. But so as he goes to the front seat of the car and he goes, it seems to me, it looked like he may, he's bending down. At this point in time, the cop, I feel like should have tackled him. But, I'm thinking fear has taken over. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, more than likely. Either that or or this is just a really bad cop. 
Both of these things are possible, folks. And that's what I, I feel like we need to realize as human beings. When we have fear, we do some bad things. Yes. And, and look, and, and this is, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment kind of situation. And maybe the cop was a prisoner of the moment because of George Floyd, right? But here's the, the concept. Even if you have to put your knee on the guy to apprehend him and cuff him, the George Floyd situation was that you had your knee on the dude for eight plus minutes. Sure. So, so, so if you had um, not, you don't have to have your knee on the guy that you're apprehending for, for six minutes because he went unconscious after six minutes, right? And two additional minutes, he was unresponsive. George Floyd was. So my point is you can still use your tactics, just not to the extreme. 100% agree with you. So that's what I'm saying. Like if he got to this point, you could have not gone to the gun. Like that's, this is, this is the part that, that, that outrages me a little bit. It's mm -hmm. like, use your logic, dude. You can do multiple things to not get to your gun. The guy is not near um, the the driver's side where he said the knife was, according to some stories. So they did find a knife, right? Right. No, I'm I'm not saying that he didn't. I'm just saying that that to that point, mm -hmm. he hadn't gotten to the side of the car where the knife was reported to be. So the point is, if he's on that side, you already tased him. He's on the ground. Handcuff him with by any means necessary, even if it takes you to put your knee on his neck for two minutes. I get it. But the, the point was, it was excessive, which was that what happened with George Floyd, and that killed him. But if he was a prisoner of the moment, and he was like, because of optics, like you said, mm -hmm. I don't want to go there, mm -hmm. then you just can't go to the gun. Like, he was pointing the gun at the guy all the way around the car. I 100% agree with you, and I 100% this led down a road that was 100% bad. I'm just, I'm just trying to look at it for the fact that perhaps if a video gets out of him putting his knee on a throat, he's still going to be seen as a bad guy. Right, but, yeah. but... He wouldn't have gotten to the point now uh -huh, where agree. he's. Being but but is he thinking two steps ahead, or is he just thinking in the moment? And that's what we don't know. And like you said, fear is going to make us do some crazy things. Precisely, and this so, is so you're totally right. And this is where I, this is where I don't want to necessarily jump to judge this police officer's intent. Is he fit to be a cop? I don't believe so. Okay, explain, please. Uh, <laughs> If, if fear has drawn you to shoot a man seven times in the back when you had the opportunity to, to do something earlier, you obviously are not fit for that job. That, that's my opinion. Well, based on our perspective on the video that we have. Right, based on the video. I, right. But the video, to me, the seven shots in the back of the video is, is the only clear part of this in my mind. Mm -hmm. And now someone may be able to come up with an argument for that as well. But to me, that's the only clear part of the thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't want that to, to cloud everything else. He should not have fired. Mm -hmm. He should have not have, have shot this man. He had plenty of opportunities to, with, to restrain him, like you said, so it didn't escalate to this point. He obviously, well, I, I don't even want to say that. There's, in my mind... There seemed to be some fear there, and that's why. And people Agreed. say, well, why seven times? Because he was scared. Because he was scared, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he should have never gotten there. The tra Either the training is lacking, or this man should not be a police officer. Well, what was the other cop doing? He's standing there like an observer. And that's, that's something that I, don't, that I don't always buy into. Okay. Even with the George Floyd, Floyd things, there were cops who, who showed disapproval, but this cop... May have been the one who tased him, by the way. May have been the one, and he didn't have his firearm out. Maybe he's the one who did it correctly, and the other one didn't. Well, we don't, we don't know, know that story. We, don't know. Yeah. we know that he doesn't have his weapon drawn. Right. And if I'm the partner, I'm not thinking, at least I, in, in my mind, I think he's not going to shoot him. He's just trying to control it. So we're blaming that's, this that's guy for something one. that we don't know. Yeah. Right? You're right. Just because he was there doesn't make him compliant. He could have been like, Oh my stars! What did you just do? Why did you shoot the man? Yeah, that's true. Do you that, know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to. But no, no, no. Cast but judgment on him. But right, right. But my thinking is again, if one of the cops, right, mm -hmm. would have said, "Hey, let's cuff the guy," like you're, you're supposed to work as a team. 
Sure. Right? Again, I'm not a police officer. So if you are, hey, email us, diversity with the C We'd love to on talk a hill at gmail.com. We'll bring our we'll bring our recording stuff to you. We oh, need yeah, to talk. That'd be great. That'd be great. You know, but but here's here's the point. Like they could have had that conversation. Like and I know it's hard because it's live and it's and it's happening and it's it's just hard. And and look, and call me crazy, but it looked like they were in the hood too. Yes. So 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 the environment is already my bad. I keep hitting my <laughs> my stand here. Um, it, it, they were already in a in an environment mm-hmm. that is already kind of roaring, right? Because the hood for a cop is already roaring. And in in this time and place. Correct. And the domestic call. So 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 again, these are the multiple layers that are already going to set up a bad situation. So I'm saying, oh, it's just so hard and so frustrating right now. Like it's it's just like come on, like they're on so many levels. And then and then here's the other thing, you know, why didn't Jacob tell the cop what he was doing? Like, dude, tell the cop, look, I'm done. I'm just gonna get in my car and go. Like 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 if you let them know, I'm not. Gonna, but we don't know but what we he don't said. Know what he said, I know. That's why there's so many elements. It's like, ah. And so that's why I want to be careful on how we rush to judgment on most aspects of this. Yes. Because once again, the shooting to me, the ultimate outcome should have never happened no matter what. It should have been handled well before that. Yes, I agree with you completely. And there's some other questions I want to bring up um, about this. Uh, but listen, this is us really kind of processing this in the moment. I, I hope you can tell <laughs> that, yes. I mean, listen, we... We're in cut, <laughs> for real. <laughs> we need change in this world. Yes, we do. And that's, that's what it boils down to. And, you know, we're going to take a, a small break here, and we'll continue in a moment after this musical interlude. We're going to shift a little bit from kind of our initial thoughts to some questions and some difficult conversations that may arise from situations like this. Let's do it. I want to ask you some questions when we get back. we are all right well hopefully uh that wasn't too just disjointed for you all (laughs) (laughs) hopefully there's still some things to contemplate and think about and as you know just once again a little peek behind the curtain we we took a probably about a two-hour break because of some other engagements we had and we needed a breather and we needed a breather (laughs) and as i was thinking about some of the stuff we said i want to make sure that at least on my end that I am being uh, a thoughtful person. Okay. Because some of the questions that we might be raising here, or even some of the things we said, might not might not land when people are mourning. Yeah. And and, and I want to remember that that people are mourning, and and if this is if you're mourning, maybe this isn't the time for you to be listening to this or having this conversation or process, or maybe it is good for you. But I know that. I just want you to be aware that these questions aren't in any way to to get people worked up. It is I think it's conversations we need to have and questions we need to ask to look at to look at how different people might be processing the information that we're getting. But we also need to be very much aware of what people are feeling and and some of the things we will be talking about is how do we deal with people in an in in a moment immediately following something tragic. Right. And, you know, again, we want to highlight our purpose for the podcast. Mm. You know, we want to unite. Mm. That's what this is about and how to have these difficult conversations and hopefully give us ways that we can uh, support one another through these difficult times because yeah. this is these are difficult times. You know, it's and it just keeps stacking. I mean, look, while we're talking, there's a hurricane ripping through Louisiana mm. right now. Right. 
I mean, there is so many things happening. There, there, um, the, the, the voting is happening. Like not voting. Uh, politics. You the know, elections. Uh, uh, elections. Thank you. So the the RNC is meeting and the and the, the DNC future, is meeting. Future like, episode. Uh, all all of these know. things are happening. Yeah. And it's so many things, just layers on top of layers, and all it's pointing to. Okay, this is a religious podcast. Mm. Is the fact that Christ is coming soon, mm. and we're saying, hey, how can we coexist in a world that is so disjointed mm-hmm. right now and how do we as christians process all of this mm-hmm. and use it in a way that builds up the kingdom that's it so th- that's our ultimate goal all right so let's uh let's go on so um so last night uh well once again peek behind the curtain we're recording this on thursday yes we are uh, last night we had uh, some of the teams uh boycott or walk out in uh, as a protest, not play their basketball games. We had a few uh, other sports teams. WNBA didn't play. A couple of the major league uh, teams didn't play, yes. including the Brewers, which they're from Milwaukee. Hockey did play. Hockey, hockey did play. They had a few moments of, well, one game had a moment of reflection. Mm-hmm. And they actually, some of them got criticized for playing. Though some baseball teams didn't get criticized for playing. So I have a question for you, Curcio. Let's go. They boycotted it as a protest. What do you feel about that? Do you think that was a, a good move, a, a, a bad move, a whatever move? I don't know. Well, I understand uh, what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to show just how invested they are in social justice, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in, in, in basketball and extending a little bit into baseball, which is nice to see because that's America's pastime, right? So seeing some teams step up in, in that arena is also pretty neat. At the same time, I go back to a conversation where you and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about this off the air. We got to pull it back onto the air to, to go <laughs> ahead and, and put that out there. Um, and, and, and the point is, again, th- they felt that these peaceful protests aren't doing anything. Yeah, but boycotting a game to me is a peaceful protest. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying they're trying to escalate their peaceful protest to a way where they're trying to, I guess, muscle their way into change right and mm-hmm. again i go back to and and you um, awesomely pointed this out you know peaceful protests do work and i'm just saying um they're trying to escalate it because the word is nothing is happening sure but then to again like i mentioned earlier systemic change takes a lot of time oh man it takes i mean Personal change takes a lot of time. <laughs> how do we how do we expect things to change overnight or even over years and decades? Mm-hmm. And once again, I, I address this in another podcast as well. We have had change over the years. Yes. And that's something we really need to acknowledge so that we can continue to to grow. And do we have we taken a few steps back? I do think in some areas we've taken some steps back and, Inevitably. We, need, and we need to address those. But I also, I'm also one of those people that feel like we do need to address uh, the problems that we need to change continually, continually improve, and we have a lot of improving to do. But we also can't ignore there have been some positive, um, there have been some positive things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't feel like in the past twenty years ago, uh, the NBA did not have the voice that it does now. Yes. And look at the voice that it has. That's because there's a, there's been a gradual change. Right. There has been more representation. There has been a more clarity in what racism is. That's why we see so many protests in so many places, because more people are realizing. And that's because there's been a change over time. Well, they're being intentional. Right, right. But, but what I'm saying is, so so more people are aware of it. More people are protesting because... They realize something more needs to change. Yeah. While 20 years ago, I don't think we would have had the the size and breadth of the protests and movements and the the consciousness that we have in the positive realms. And I think that's something we need to realize because let let's say I was someone who was um, really obese. Okay. Right. Let's say I was, you know, a 500 pound person. But you're not. I'm not, I'm not. You're barely 50, soaking wet. No, just, <laughs> no. Listen, <laughs> man, it's all muscle, though. I like it. I like uh, 50 it. 50 pounds of muscle. There you go. Um, <laughs> and let's say I lost 200 pounds. I'm still overweight at 300 pounds if I'm a 5'9 
person. Right. Right. However, I have made progress. Yes. Now, if I go to the doctor's office, he's going to say, hey, listen, you need to continue to lose weight. We still have issues here. We still need to get you to a, a good weight. Mm -hmm. But if I'm continually said, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're terrible, without seeing where I've come from, we, we actually lose traction there as well. Yes. And so I, I want to make sure that, that that's something we do as well. We have made traction. Do we have a long ways to go? Yes. Do we need to address things? Yes. But acknowledge the progress. A acknowledge the progress to a point and say, hey, listen, we've made progress. G give some positive feedback and say, let's keep working on this. Exactly. Let's keep making this the nation, the church, the people we want to be. Yeah. And again, let, let me use a, a, a sports analogy, right? Like when you're winning, mm -hmm. you overlook a whole lot of things. Mm, yeah, you do. But when you lose, it feels like the world is coming undone. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we want to highlight the fact that, yes, we are asking for change. Mm -hmm. Yes, the conversations are starting to be had. Uh, boycotts are happening. Protests are happening. All these things, you know, are, are taking place right now. And change is gradually happening, maybe not at the pace that we want. And, and again, we have to be patient. This is what I said earlier. We live in a microwave society where it's like, ding, done, you know, press a button and there's my food kind of situation. And that's not how it works. We have to we have to understand that change still happens in a crock pot. Yeah. Where it takes time to cook the food, right? Not in a microwave where it's instant. Hey, the book of Revelation says uh, uh, those who endure will be blessed. Come on now. And now we have a lot of enduring to do. Yes, we do. So going back to these these protests, you think it's you know, something they should have done. Um, I think, you know, they, they're escalating by protesting that. Um, also, I, I know that some people have said, well, what good is that going to do? You know, does it really do any good mm -hmm. to protest it, to boycott a game? Yep. My answer to them is, does it really even matter? I mean, here's the point. the point. Their community is hurting, mm -hmm. and we expect them to continue life as normal. Oh, yeah. That's not a good. That's not a good look for you to say. Why are you? Why are you stopping the games? Right. Just play because you're not going to make a difference by not playing. What if they're saying, "Man, we're hurt." Mm -hmm. If if my if one of my family members died today, and my boss said, "Hey, you need to come into work today." Why are you? What good are you going to do by not coming into work? Mm. That would be so insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And so to demand people to go back to life as normal. One, two, three days after, <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't make sense to me. This is a natural mourning process and a protest process as well. Yeah, and I see where you're coming from, and and, and I like that because the, the the one who comes to mind to me is Paul George, like the player for the Clippers. Yeah, and um, he he calls himself Playoff P, I think is his nickname, <laughs> and um, he hasn't been showing up in the playoffs. He's actually been playing really bad. As a matter of fact, he had a a, a game I think it was two nights ago, and he played really well. And 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 the idea was he shared that he was suffering anxiety and depression. Now, mind you, look at what's happening in the NBA right now. COVID has impacted them to a point that they're inside of a bubble, mm -hmm. right? Well, inside of that bubble, they don't have their their spouses, they don't have their children, they don't have friends. You know, th like they're with their teams, and 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 then the people, the personnel that the team okayed to be in the the the, the NBA okay to be inside of that bubble. So the idea is not only are they being impacted by what what they're watching. Mm -hmm. with what took place with um, Jacob Blake and, 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 you know, George Floyd and all these other things. They're also impacted by the fact that their lives are completely different. There are layers to this. Like, you're away from your family. That is hard in and of itself. And you're playing in a place that has no fans. That's different. Mm -hmm. your, your schedule is different. Like, so many things are different. And we just expect, like you said earlier, for them just to play. But then we also hold them accountable to speak to what's happening and hold everybody else accountable and use their platform and their voice to affect this change. I mean, think about the weight on their shoulders. Hmm. It's just tremendous. So I'm glad you brought that up because on top of all of that, they have a lot that they're carrying as well. And then you were asking them to perform at, at, at their highest level when they're not at their best. Let me ask you this. Why do we expect them to say something? Oh, well, I mean, just look, let's go back to, to mm -hmm. the greatest NBA player, in my humble opinion, uh, MJ. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they they wanted him to get involved in politics and have a say in all this stuff. And homie was like, not me. Right. And that's one of those. Uh, I don't want to say a black eye, but the, one of the complaints about him was that he never really stood up to to defend the, the, the blacks. Right. And 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 here's here's the thing. I think it's 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 well said. And I think Richard Jefferson said this. Uh, he's a former NBA player. Mm-hmm. And and the idea is he's like. We want people who have the voice to use the voice. If you have the platform to use it, then, or, or you have the audience that'll listen to your voice, then use it because my voice is not being heard. So, so, so let me go back to again another conversation that was off air that we were having, right? Um, where I said, as, as, a, as a black man, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw myself uh, for for some time in a staff that was all white. Okay. Right. Let me I don't want to use white. They were all Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the idea was I had not only to perform being uh, part of that staff. So what my responsibility was, I needed to do that and do it well. Mm-hmm. I also found myself in a situation where I needed to represent the people who I represented because when I arrived to the staff, there were Hispanics who knew I spoke Spanish, Mm -hmm. who, who, who drew close to me. Mm -hmm. And then there were blacks that drew close to me just because of the mere fact that I'm black. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I believe it it, in Rich Jefferson pointed this out, like we're carrying, Oh no, no. Stephen A. Smith said this when he was saying, you know, black men, when they go to, or an African-American, when they go to work, they don't go just to do their job. They also go or, or they have an, uh, uh, an expectation. Responsibility. Not a, responsibility, thank you, is the word I was looking for. You know, it's not just they have to do their job. They also have a responsibility when they go, right? And it's that expectation that you are going to represent your people. And he also expressed the fact that it wasn't just represent your people, but you have to be careful in certain ways and how you speak is not, right. not not to offend people and so there's that responsibility now when i heard you uh, uh, when he when Stephen a was saying this i was like uh, i was humming and hawing a little bit when you put it in in the perspective of you as a pastor um it struck a different chord mm-hmm. it, it really definitely stood out to me and i appreciate those those thoughts i, I want to ask though however that is true for you, but why is it not true for every person who goes to their job? Why do we not all carry that sense of responsibility? Perhaps that's the problem. Okay. Um, so go ahead, go ahead and frame that for me because you, you mean everyone in the sense of Caucasians and African-Americans in that sense, or you mean the position of, of pastor? No, I'm talking about Every single person is in race, job, whatever. You're onto something. Yeah. So, so, so if I come to my place and instead of coming as my job, I come to it as a sense of responsibility to my fellow human beings. Oh, I'll take it a step further. This is why I said you're onto something and my brain is flying. And okay, let me just sorry, sorry. put it out there and then you, you take it and run with it. We have a responsibility as Christians. Mm-hmm. Besides race, besides position, mm. you're, you're going there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm excited because you're taking you're taking us to that point where we're saying we have a responsibility as Christians, period. Go from there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we should all come into it with a level of responsibility and have some of us. Forgotten our responsibilities and then the burden has been too heavy on those who feel oppressed. Hmm. So if everyone is taking their life as a responsibility to be kind to the person next to them or to Mm -hmm. be careful that they're not using whatever um, benefits or privilege or whatever they have for their own um, building up, but the building up of everyone. Yes. Then it wouldn't be left to one group of people. Well said. And 
And that's why it bothered me because as a pastor, it bothered me as a pastor because in my job, I feel like there's a responsibility. I have a responsibility. And that's why when Stephen A. Smith said it, I was like, oh, I don't necessarily agree with that. But when you mentioned the fact that on your staff, there were people who only, not only, but resonated with you. And then you had that extra level of responsibility. Um. I, I feel like we all should have that extra level of responsibility on some level. Even if people aren't coming to us, mm-hmm. we should be extending ourselves to people beyond us. Well said. As Christians, that's just basically what we're supposed to be doing, right? Because yeah. I think it's in um, in Philippians when we're told that, you know, we have to be aware of the needs of those around us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have this responsibility to show love. We're supposed to be that light on a hill. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah I like it, I like it. <laughs> so, so the idea is... Diversity yeah. on a hill. There you go, baby. So the idea is we are supposed to be that. And this is what God is asking us to do, that what we see happening in the world, that we're not taken with that like a, like a, a leaf that gets blown with the, by the wind and just shifting and, and moving around. We need to be that light for the sake of the gospel, this mm-hmm. good news of Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't matter uh, what I do for a living. It doesn't matter who, uh, not not who I am, because who you are is a child of God, and that matters. But what I'm saying, it doesn't matter uh, where I was born or what my race is. What matters is that I am a child of God, mm-hmm. and I need to go ahead, and my responsibility is to represent my heavenly father in a in a positive way because in the end he wins okay so how do we do that in and i guess in this situation um you know w- w- with all these with all these reports so we see reports and i don't know if you've i i like to read people's reaction to articles and it's it's very eye-opening and it's very sobering and sad as well. And mm-hmm. I, I read some of these articles about you know who who said this and who said what and what happened there, and then you just see this this litany of comments, just vitriolic and upset and taking sides. And I mean, what do we do with that? I mean, what do we do with? Yeah. I don't know, and that's part of my my still processing this because it's it's just so ugly in a time when people are hurting. And how do we how do we build that compassion for other people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean maybe that's a I don't know. I mean I, look, maybe that's just something to think about. No, and and, and look, we don't have all the answers, right? No, and, no, no. and we said that, and and but I really want to say. This is where um, the the golden rule of treating others the way you want to be treated comes in. And I believe that uh, I think the platinum rule, which I heard. <laughs> oh, there's a platinum rule. There's a platinum Ooh. rule. Yeah. I, Spread that truth on me. I wrote a, wrote a sermon about this a couple of years ago. And the idea is, you know, the platinum rule is treating people the way they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're, in essence, putting yourself aside. Mm. So mm. the way that you accomplish or reach um being that level of compassion mm-hmm. is by putting yourself aside. I mean, obviously that's what we need to do as Christians for sure. But it doesn't make it easy. No, L- it, like like I said, the, the, we <sighs> So what happens? Okay, okay, that's great and wonderful. But let's say this. <laughs> we have the the maybe they're a troll, maybe they're whatever. They're saying this terrible comment Mm-hmm. on the situation that's either racist or insensitive. How do I treat... They obviously want to be treated in a way that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so so here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's two thoughts, both biblical. I'm going to paraphrase them, right, mm-hmm. that come to mind. Number one is... You defeat evil with good. Mm-hmm. And second, so violence begets violence. Oh, okay. So 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 if I'm going to react in the same way I'm receiving it from you, mm-hmm. guess what? You're just gonna escalate the situation. It's mm-hmm. not gonna help. And this is part of what we're talking about when you have to listen. 
and you have to be able to to just um you can agree to disagree and still coexist mm -hmm. right and this is what we're talking about so so i believe that that the way you defeat evil if they're being evil is with good not with more evil or or greater evil and the same thing with so you're coming around to my side on when it comes to peaceful protests i'm glad that you finally are <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think we agreed on peaceful protests. I was just saying, he's celebrating over here. Uh, <laughs> you should see him. He looks great. So so the idea is, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, and I think I shared this in the protest, so I may have to hear that, that episode again. But the idea is... I'm just messing with you. Uh, no, you're good, baby. So, so, so the concept is this. I, I agree with peaceful protests. I'd rather that. But I also try to, uh, to, to hear... The, the the voice of the unheard which is displayed in writing but mm -hmm. the idea is this look peaceful approach selfless approach helps us represent jesus more because this is what he did mm -hmm. you know he gave all the way to the point that he gave his life you know which was required in order for us to be able to receive salvation and i get that mm -hmm. but in mourning if we know that that someone in our midst is mourning it's not the time for us to try to come over and beat them upside the head with something, it's the time to just love them and hear them out, even if we don't agree with what they're saying. Yeah, and this is one of the, the questions that I asked, and maybe this isn't the time to ask it because we are in mourning. Um, because I, I have seen you know comments on there when it comes to uh, the cops. Mm -hmm. um, many of the comments are, why is he walking away? Why are they walking? Why don't they just keep the law? These are all criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, those are things that are being brought up now. Yeah. I, I think maybe that might be another episode for another time where we might be able to get someone who can help us on the law enforcement side Sure. with that as well. I think those are questions that we actually do need to ask at some point. Yes. I do. I, I do believe they're important questions. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they're asking those questions, not out of de-escalation, however, <laughs> yeah. for the most part I, I, I that's my my thinking and they're doing it at a time when people are mourning yeah you know if someone lost their son it's not the time to say well why was he if, if they died in a dui accident it's not mm -hmm. the time to say well why were they drinking yeah how dare you yes Th that's not the time to no. do it and so no you're right once again we're trying to open these conversations but at the same time if someone approaches you with those questions as a christian how do we react to that do we yell at them and say, well, how dare you ask that question? And so finding that that nice moment to talk to each other, I don't know. I'm, yeah. Once again, this is me processing right in the middle of, of doing this. And it's beautiful. This is, I don't know if this is going to be a good podcast or not, folks. <laughs> I really don't know. Oh, no, listen, it's okay. Uh, really, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate you wrestling with that and showing how we wrestle. Because this is true. I, I hear you processing and I can hear my uh, me processing processing the same way in my brain, just trying to figure this out. How how does how's this going to look like and how we're going to make it happen? But again, the, the goal with this and I think that this is where we're where we're trying to land is if you realize that the person you're you're having the conversation with is mourning or is in pain. If you're not mourning or in pain, extend grace. That's the time when you're saying, look, I'm going to show you love by not uh, trying to drive the fact that I'm right and you're wrong, but the fact that our our relationship matters. And and I think that 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 goes back to, to what I said in, in the first um, podcast and episode. And I'm going to keep saying this throughout. We have to get to a point where the relationship matters more than being right. And I think that that's when when Christ we're giving Christ the opportunity to shine through. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm still processing that that statement. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can process it. Today is just a big processing day for me. There's just so, so much so much happening. So why don't we promise them that that look we got to pick it up again next episode and we keep talking about this idea as we process a little bit more. We will um, please reach out to us. And, and let us know what you think. Uh, we want to hear from you. Again, diversity on a hill, diversity with a C, at gmail.com. And uh, shoot us an email. Check out our Instagram page. What is it again, PJ? What's our Instagram page? Yeah. It's diversity on a hill with a C. 
Perfect. It's exactly, I mean, all, all our branding's <laughs> the same, buddy. There you go. We've tried. We've, we've tried to do it, and I think we've done pretty good at it. There you go. There you go. So again, just reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, how you've processed it. Uh, again, we ask you to follow our rules. You're going to hear them at the beginning of each podcast. <laughs> uh, well, at least our last ones. And um, and we just again thank you so much for for joining us as we process this. Let's let's have a, a, a word of prayer real quick. Uh, loving Lord, you know this is a, a tough topic it's a it's a tough situation and uh, there's so many layers to it and it's hard it, it, it is hard let's just call it for what it is but we thank you that with your help we can do hard things and uh, lord we just want to let your love shine through us in everything that we do and that people may know truly we serve a loving god who's never failed us who wants what's best for us and who's ultimately going to come and win over evil and have us live with you in eternal bliss so lord Help us to be those instruments. Help us to be those agents. Help us to be that light. We thank you for your love. We love you too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. Grace and peace. This is PJ and I'm out. All right, this is Pastor Kay. See you later.